0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا of إلا بالله I am the Lord of the Lord الله the Lord. I am In the first session, we talked about the significance of in Islam or morality. And then we ended with a discussion about the order about the position of the science of akhlaq among other sciences, and also the border and position of akhlaq itself among other subjects. That was the last point we discussed last week. Today we want to continue with the definition of akhlaq, its subject matter. and if we have time, different types of ethical studies. We have two different things. One is the literal meaning of akhlaq, and one is the technical meaning of akhlaq. If you refer to books, whether The books which relate to Arabic uh, vocabulary, dictionaries, lexicons, or if you refer to the books written on akhlaq, both of them give you this idea that in Arabic language we have two things which are written in the same way but they are pronounced in different ways. That is khalq and khulq. write them in the same way, but pronunciation is different, and meaning is also different. In Arabic, pronunciation is very important, whether it's pronunciation of the beginning and the middle of the word, or end of it, which is decided by Everything is uh, possibly changing the meaning. So, the experts have explained that khalq, which means creation, it refers to that side or that aspect of our being, which is obvious. Your shape, your form, your size, your color are part of your khalq. But is that aspect of your being which is not obvious, is internal, something which is about your traits of character. You know, we have this dua that we are recommended to say that when you stand in front of mirror, you say, oh Allah, in the same way that you have made my khalq good, please make my health also good. It means that you have given me, alhamdulillah, a healthy body, okay? Even if we have illnesses, still there are many, many other things which are working properly in our body, yeah? So sometimes if we have one illness or one problem, we forget the rest. You, know, you, you could have thousands of different problems in your body. So just having one or two problems, still doesn't mean that your body is fully so, we say to Allah, "As you have made my khulq good, please make my sorry. As you have made my khulq good, please make my khulq also good." Allahumma hassin khulqi kama hassanta khulqi. So, these two are two. Different sides of the same person. Let me refer to some of the ideas of experts. You know, one of the very good books that you should be very familiar with is the book Mufradatu uh, Al Fazil Quran or Mufradatu Gharaib Al Quran by Raghib Isfahani. It's a very good book because this book gives you accurate meaning of the terms which are used in the Quran in English in Arabic is in Arabic Arabic uh, in Arabic and uh, to Arabic so any term which is used in the Quran and you want to understand the exact meaning this is one of the best books to refer mufradat al-quran by raghib Swahani. Uh, i don't think it's translated to english at least i'm not aware of any translation but it's in arabic so he says Al Khalluqko Asle They come from the same root. But they are pronounced differently and their meaning is different. He gives other examples. Then he says, bil-hayaat Wal Ashkal basar. But khalq is used only for the shapes, for the forms which are visible by your eyes. Something that I can see in someone or in myself. This is my khalq. For example, that person, you know, has hands, you know, eyes, you know, how thin or fat he is. These are khalq. بِالْقُوَّةِ وَالسَّجَاياِ الْمُدْرَكَةِ بِالْبَصِيرَةِ But Khulk refers to the internal or inner faculties and traits which cannot be seen by eyes, can be understood by insight. Basar is different from Basira. Basar is vision. Something you see by your eyes. Basira is insight. Okay? If you want to understand whether a person is trustworthy or not, you cannot use your eyes. You need to be insightful. Sometimes a person that you know him for many years, you have met him, you have seen him many, many times, he... she may have qualities whether good or bad that you are not able to understand why because you are not insightful one of the gifts that allah gives to some people to some mu'minin is that they can see the reality of people there is hadith which says be careful about this insightfulness of mu'min. The cleverness and insightfulness of mu'min. فَإِنَّهُ <laughs> يَنظُرُ Because he's looking with the light of Allah. The light of Allah is going inside. It's more than x-ray. <laughs> yeah. So with x-ray, you see the bones. With this nurullah, you see inside the heart and the soul. So you have to be careful. If you are in front of a pious person, don't try you know, to cheat or, you know, maybe he doesn't say anything, but he understands that you are cheating. Okay? So this is very important. So there is a difference between vision, which is Basar, and Basira, which is insight. The late Mullah Mohsen faiz Kashani, one of our great scholars, you know, he was a son-in-law of Mullah Sadra. Mullah Sadra had two sons-in-law, both of them were great scholars. One was entitled faiz and you know, he has many, many books. And one was entitled Fayyaz, he was uh, Mullah Abdul Razzaq, he was given the title of Fayyaz, phase and Fayyaz. phase Fa- means uh, a kind of uh, grace or you know something which uh, comes out as grace and Fayyaz is the one who gives a lot. So Mullah Rahmatullah Fayyaz, who was one of our very established and respected scholars. He has many books. He has books on Tafsir, he has books on Hadith, he has books on Akhlaq. He has many many books. In Al-Mahajjat al which is a modification of ul uloom by Ghazali. Ghazali has written Ikhya'ul-Uloom is a very important book on ethics, but the late Mullah Muhsinef faith made some modification. He removed some of the ideas that were not acceptable, and he added hadith from Ahlul Bayt a.s. to the work of Ghazali. This Mahajatul Bayda is a very, you know, thick book, you know, it's a eight volumes uh, published in f- recently in four parts. So in volume five, page ninety-five, he says, Al Khulko Ibaratun and Heyaten Lennafs. <laughs> Khul is a position for a quality for the soul, not for the body. Tas anha this is something new, which was not in the definition of raghib. And this is why I chose this. This is something that ulama akhlaq mentioned, not the experts on Arabic uh, uh, vocabulary. When you have a khulq, it means that you have a trait of character, which facilitates for you acting accordingly uh, here there are many important points uh, please you know be very careful for example if a person has the quality of generosity so he has this trait of character okay this is part of his whole this quality of generosity makes generous acts easy for him, okay, look at this, it says, تَسْدُرُ الْأَفْعَالِ وَيُسْرٍ A generous person can easily do generous acts, for example, can invite you for meal, can share with you his money, can share with you whatever he has, because he is generous, the person who is not generous still can do these things, but it's very difficult. Yeah, it's very painful. <laughs> and <laughs> he doesn't need the generous person doesn't need to think, and you know contemplate. And sometimes, you know, calculate if there is a generous person, you know, and we are, you know, for example, together, and we are hungry, he says, you know, let's go for lunch. And he offers, you know, to pay very easily. But the person who is not generous, first of all, he thinks a lot. If I go and, you know, then he orders this, you know, how much is it going to cost, you know, this, all these things he calculates. And it takes him time. And after he makes sure that everything is all right, still it's painful for him. So he needs to think and he needs also to suffer. Okay? But the person who is generous does this naturally. Doesn't... Do it by force because you can be generous and still say, I am generous, but for example, this person is becoming uh, always dependent on me. I don't want to invite him. Okay? Mm -hmm. Not because I'm not generous. Mm -hmm. So the generous person can sometimes stop giving. Inshallah, we'll talk about it later. But if he wants to do something out of generosity, it's very easy and he doesn't need to contemplate a lot. Or for example, you know, if it is honesty for a person who is honest to tell the truth is not difficult and he doesn't need to think shall i tell lie shall i tell the truth he does it very easily without too much thinking okay so is an established trait of character that makes the performance of acts which are corresponding to that trait easy without being in need of thinking and contemplating it's a very technical definition so we have two different things khalq and khulq creation and character, different things related to our creation and different traits related to our character. Now, we want to make few points. One is, what type of khulq are discussed in the science of akhlaq? What type of inner qualities are discussed in akhlaq? Ulama have mentioned different types for khulq and here there are some disagreements among some uh, scholars for example one of the ulama haji Khalife, in his book kashf al which is about different sciences and different you know texts he says al khulq Malakatun Yasturo Beha and Nafs Afalun Besuhulatin Menre Fikren Varavi. The same thing that Faiz mentioned. Khol is Malaka. Malaka, what does it mean, Malaka? Malaka doesn't mean queen. No. Malaka means an established quality, a permanent quality. Okay? Because we can have two different conditions for the soul. Sometimes something is temporary, transient. Okay? For example, a person who is very fearful. Okay? We speak half an hour and then for a few hours he becomes very brave. But then this goes down. A person who is not generous Maybe you encourage him to speak, you know, tell him stories, reward, you know. For a few days, he becomes generous. Again, this, this is called hal. Hal, in this uh, technical sense, in al-Makhlaaf, refers to those qualities, those conditions of the soul, which are not fixed, which are not permanent. What is Hal. Hal. Yes, but technically it is used for those estates which are temporary, which are transient, which are not established. Hal. And opposite to hal is malake. Malake is that condition of the soul which is established. Malakeh. Okay? It means that you own this property, this quality, this characteristic, malake. Okay? For example, you know, we say faqih is the one who has malaki ijtahat. What does it mean malaki ijtahat? It means he has this quality that he can refer to the original text and find out what is the Islamic ruling, malaki. So, or malaki adalat. In fiqh, when we say, for example, imam of jama'ah should be just, should be adil, what do we mean? We mean that he should have malaki idalat. It means that he has a fixed quality that stops him doing haram. Okay? Of course, they explain that when we say this is fixed, this is permanent, this is established, it doesn't mean that it's not going to uh, someday, you know, change. It's possible to change, but it's something which is fixed. Something which is your, uh, in your fabric now. Okay? But of course, you can even change your malak. But it's not like hal, which is very quickly changing. Okay? So, uh, sometimes uh, also, you know, in our du'as, in our prayer, we have a good feeling, good, we are in good mood. This is hal, because it can stop after a few minutes. But some people have this constantly. This is not hal, this is maqam. Okay, so sometimes you feel near to Allah, sometimes you are always feeling you are near. Anyway, Malak is a kind of permanent established quality, and then he says based on that, you can do the actions easily without being in need of thinking and contemplation. Okay, so far it's the same thing as Raghib-e-Islam. But then he goes further, and he says there are two types. He says, is a quality which is established in the soul. It doesn't stop quickly. وَهِيَ There are two types. Two types of malaka Two types of established quality. وَالْآخَرْ عَادِيَّةِ Sometimes a person has a quality which is natural. And sometimes it is based on getting used to something. Based on habit. So there are two. There are people who are naturally kind. You no? Know, some people, it seems that they are born with these qualities. They are born with being brave. They are born with being generous, born being kind. Okay, this is tabi'i, it's part of the nature. Of course, even this person can change. Okay, but this is not something that he has struggled or he has worked hard to achieve. It can be also negative, you know. S- s- someone is born to be fearful, you know. From childhood, he is born in this way. He's, grow- he's brought up in this way. This has become his tab. You know, there are people that naturally they are humble. There are people who are not humble. So this is tab. But sometimes it's adi. It means that it's based on adi, on habit. So a person has tried hard to make this habit. He was not generous. He was not fearful. Uh, Sorry, he was not brave. What he tried to do, generous acts a lot, so that gradually he becomes generous. He tried to do brave things, then he became brave. So there are two types of origin for these permanent qualities. Sometimes it's natural, this person has not made any efforts or he didn't struggle to achieve this. Naturally, he has this quality. You know, there are people that you see naturally they are very uh, honest. Yeah? And there are people who have tried hard to be honest. So, there are two types. Miskaway, who is a famous scholar of akhlaq, he has a book, Tahzeebul akhlaq or Tathirul a'raq. He also makes this distinction. He says, He says, there are two types of khulq. Some of them are natural. The person has this disposition, natural disposition towards this quality. And some are acquired by habit and training. Okay? The late Tabarsi, who has compiled Majma ul Bayan, in his tafsir, for some reason, he mentions this point about khulq and he tries to take a different approach he recognizes that there are two types of quality but he wants to name only one of them khulq and that is the one which is uh, coming as training you know He says The one that you yourself acquire, this is khulq. And he says the reason it is called khulq, it's because it becomes part of your creation, part of your being. But the one that you have naturally, he says it is khiam so he wants the one that you have naturally, those that you naturally have, he doesn't call it خلق. Okay, this is a different way of using the terms and coining the terms. What is important is that there are two origins for traits of character. One is something that a person has naturally Without trying to achieve it naturally he has this he has been brought up. She has been brought up in this way Another is the one that that person has a struggle to achieve Okay, of course this one This one is more valuable Yeah, because you have tried hard to achieve this is very important. I Have a comment here uh, Normally, the books on akhlaab mention only these two types. They say either something comes naturally or by developing a habit. They become habitual. I have a comment here. And say it seems that there is also a third origin for traits of character. It seems that khulq can be also sometimes achieved in a different way. Not necessarily through nature, nor through the habits. How? I believe that sometimes your traits of character can originate from your beliefs. from the way that you look at the world, the way you understand yourself and your position in this world. Let me give you an example. If you believe that you are in this world as a servant of God, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created you and you are his ab, you are his servant, and you understand that everything else is secondary. The most important thing is to devote yourself, to submit yourself to God. I think this is such a fundamental understanding that automatically would change many of the, not only actions, but also the traits of character. Once we had a discussion in a Institute in Qom, they were in the process of compiling an encyclopedia about the Prophet Muhammad and part of it was on his akhlaq and invited me I, I didn't uh, belong to that Institute but they invited me to help them with designing Different entries and you know, sections in that part on akhlaq of the Prophet. So they had uh, made, you know, lots of research. You know, they consulted, you know, scholars, different books, and came up with some of the mm. traits of character of the Prophet. Then I raised an issue, and since that meeting, I still uh, have that idea. I said, when you list 30, 40, 50, for example, qualities of the Prophet, and then, of course, you divide them, for example, those which relate to himself, those which relate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, those which relate to his relation with other people, you know, you can make this list. But you are somehow putting them in the same order. It means that you are saying the Prophet had all these qualities but it seems that they are independent from each other. But I said I believe Rasulullah had two groups of qualities or two level of qualities. One is the upper one that you see and that is 30, 40, 50, whatever. But then there is something underlying maybe one, maybe a few, but I think those are the reason why Rasulullah has the upper ones. For example, this humbleness that Rasulullah had, this is not equal to, for example, generosity. This humbleness, this truthfulness, this servitude to God, this is much more important than some of those upper qualities. And then I added that these are the roots, and those are like fruits. If you have these roots, the fruits automatically come. One. Implication of this is peace. I told them, do you think that Rasulullah had to struggle to achieve all these good traits of character one by one? You know, This is the way that normally uh, the science of ala is teaching us, that if you don't have this quality, this is the way. If you don't have this quality, this is the way. You know, to, how to achieve each good quality, each virtues. But I said, I don't think Rasulullah had to struggle for each good quality. Rasulullah, sallallahu wa was in a right position towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when you are a servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then automatically good things come naturally good things come and over years they will be established they will grow but you don't need to struggle one by one i didn't have many many things to say to prove this you know but i just try to bring some evidence and still i am thinking but one of the things that also i think can be helpful as evidence is like for example a person Who go through a transformation. Imagine a person who was drinking alcohol, he was gambling, you know, doing, you know, haram, relation. Okay? But this person who had all these problems, for some reason, wakes up and repents. You see that? As soon as he sincerely repents, everything is changed automatically. Automatically changes. If you give your control to Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, if the light of Allah comes to your heart, then all these bad things stop. Because they are connected to each other. We see them as separate things. But they automatically will be sorted out. Or, for example, you know, uh, if a person has, you know, conversion. So You see, the people who convert, they change their religion, honestly, sincerely. Then you see that they totally change. Sometimes they totally become good. Of course, they have to be careful to keep it, but it can happen. And once a person uh, mentioned uh, something very interesting, know, when I, I was ex- uh, discussing this, and one of the sisters uh, mentioned this point. She said that someone uh, said that before I converted, I didn't like children. When I converted, then I started loving children. How can you explain this? What has uh, conversion to do with loving children? <laughs> In the surface, it seems these are not rela- related to each other. Yeah? These two separate things. But no. This is uh, related. Because when you convert, you just don't change, you know, a few dogmas. If you really convert... You become a new person a new person then is free from problems okay so my idea is that we have three types of origins for khulq. one is those that you have naturally the second is one that you get it through repetition and developing habit the third is what comes as a result of your understanding, your ideas, your thoughts, your belief system, your orientation in life. This is the third type. And this is, in my understanding, actually, this is the best way. Because, you know, we have so many problems that if we want to sort them, sort them out one by one, it needs the life of Prophet Nuh. <laughs> we don't have only one or two problems. Yeah? We think uh, we don't have problems, but Allah knows how many problems we have, you know? So there is an Arabic poem, he says, كَفَا <laughs> It suffices a man as honor if his faults can be counted. There are two interpretations. One is that if you let people to count your faults, it is good, so that you know them. Another interpretation is that if your problems can be counted, you should be very happy. It's not countless, because our problems are countless, yeah? So, you can uh, start sorting out these problems one by one, but it takes ages. But if you sort out the underlying problem, the root, yeah? Sometimes, you know, for example, we have uh, an organization which has 1,000 problems. But then we realize that if we bring a good director, then all these problems can stop. Or at least half of it can stop. So instead of trying to sort out little, little problems, change the director. Yeah? If the director, the ruler, the governor of ourselves is aql, is intellect, then many problems will be solved. But if we act out of emotions and desires and feelings, then we have lots of problems. So this is one point that I wanted to mention. The other thing is that what is the... Subject Matter of Akhlaq Ulama Mentioned Two Subject Matters for Akhlaq. It means that they together Form the subject Matter or mawdu mawdu means Subject Matter of Akhlaq. Because this, every science should have a subject matter Okay, this is something that inshallah you will study more in you know, different sciences. That uh, what is subject matter? What is the subject matter of philosophy? What is the subject matter of osul? What is the subject matter of I don't know kalam? Okay, uh, there are lots of discussions here. Uh, anyway, just for the time being, we agree that every science should discuss about a certain issue and all the propositions of that science should be related to that issue so what is the subject matter of some westerners especially those who are influenced by behaviorism they only focus on behavior on actions therefore they say ethics is the science which deals with practices, with actions, and tells us, for example, what actions are good, what actions are bad, how to improve good actions, how to stop bad actions, and so on and so forth. Their focus is only on action. Uh, Even, you know, some Western philosophers have the idea that there is no soul for humanity. There is no, you know, a spirit for humanity. It's only actions. Inshallah, when you study empiricism, you see that John Locke, who was one of the empiricists, he had the idea that we cannot prove human soul, but we should take it for granted. Okay. But then David Hume said, we don't need to accept human soul. It cannot be proved empirically. And, therefore, there is no such a thing at all. It's not that we need to suppose. Okay? So, they don't believe in human soul. They just see the actions. Okay? For them, behavior, action, is the only thing that matters. Our ulama, and of course, some people also in the West, who agree with us, we believe that every human being has a soul. And that soul is the foundation, and the actions come out of that foundation, okay? You cannot just look at the surface. Actions are on the surface, but you have to go deeper, okay? In ilmul akhlaq, we should deal with both actions and traits of character, Traits of character are more fundamental. We shouldn't forget them. Even some of ulama have mentioned these traits of character as the subject matter only. We say, no, both of them should be studied. Although, inshallah, we will explain later that, relatively, traits of character are more important than actions. What is more important, generosity or a generous act? Generosity is more important. Okay. If you have the trait of character, then many, many times you would act accordingly. But just having one good action, doesn't mean a lot of course relatively inshallah I will explain later that sometimes one action can be so important that it can change the course of history like what like sometimes the situation is so sensitive that one thing that we do or we don't do can change the history. Okay? Imam Ali salam before that action and after that action was the same person. It's not that he became you know brave more brave, you know, or you know more courageous. Yeah? His, his character didn't change. But if he had missed that particular moment okay now the situation of the world was different another example is you know Karbala there were people that maybe for many many years they had very good pious life but they missed one particular moment and then their life and the life of all Ummah changed so sometimes one word one action can be crucial but generally speaking actions are not as important as traits of character okay shall we talk about it later so the subject matter of is both actions and traits of character but, what types of actions? Voluntary actions. Al-firul For example, one of the actions is breathing. But we don't discuss this in El al-Akhlaq. Because this is something that you do it naturally and automatically. Yes? You don't decide to breathe. Or, for example, your hair is growing. Yeah? This is not something we discuss in Ilm al-Akhlaq, because these are the actions which happen naturally, automatically. What we discuss in Ilm al-Akhlaq is anything which is done by intention, okay? It must be something that you do it by intention. Sometimes something is not happening by intention, but by intention you can change it or stop it. Then this side can be discussed in Akhlaq. For example, you were breathing all the day today, and you were not even thinking about this. Now that I say, you know, breathing is something which we don't discuss in Akhlaq, you say, Mulana, now I want to stop breathing. I say, okay, from this time, it's discussed in akhlaq. Mm-hmm. Because this stopping is intentional. And we say, you should not, you know, stop because then you will kill yourself. So this becomes then something that we discuss in akhlaq. As soon as intention comes in, then we discuss it in akhlaq. But if something is out of intention, whether you like it or not, whether you understand it's happening, we don't discuss in ilm al-akhlaq. The same is with the qualities of the soul. There are some qualities of the soul that we are created with those qualities. In the sense that they are not changeable. Okay? We don't discuss in Al-Makhlaq about them. For example, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has created us as human beings. We don't discuss in Al-Makhlaq about this. Yeah? But, how to develop humanity. That is what we can discuss in al-Akhlaq. Even those qualities that we said people may have it naturally, still we discuss in Akhlaq because now they can change it. Someone who has naturally the quality of humbleness, now we study it in Akhlaq because this person can grow this humbleness or at least can protect it because this can change. So anything that either starts with intention in the first place you have to have intention to have it or at least in continuity intention has some role can be discussed in Akhlaq. but anything that neither in the beginning nor in the middle and the end has nothing to do with intention and with human free will we don't discuss in al al-Akhlaq, okay? So we don't discuss in al al-Akhlaq the color of the people. What is you know, the person color? We don't discuss because this is about khalq. Anything which is about action, which is again about body and it's happening naturally like heart beating, again we don't discuss in al al-Akhlaq. Okay, so anything which is about khul, khalq, we don't discuss. Anything which is about khul, but it is again because of nature, we don't discuss, only those things that are related to our soul, and we can change them. That is what we discussed. And when it comes to action, only voluntary actions. So this is the subject matter of Ilmul al-akhlaq, and... Inshallah, we will continue this discussion, Inshallah, in the next session. Uh, And I hope that, Inshallah, you will uh, also study again yourself uh, this discussion. And if you have any questions, any comments, you know, then share with me. uh,